0: Unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, copywriters, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how you doing today, man? Good, Nathan. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. and. Coming off of last week's episode with Susan, that was a fantastic interview, and I know that what you've got lined up for us today is actually going to, if it's even possible, top what we did last week. So we'll, I'm just going to hand it over to you.
1: Well, I'll give it my best shot. So let's start with this legendary copywriter, Gene Schwartz. The guy wrote Breakthrough Advertising and uh, the Brilliance Breakthrough, and you know, basically, his sales letter started boardroom. Which became a $100 million company. He was very emphatic that copywriting was not writing, not writing. What he said right after he said that was really important and could conceivably eliminate so called writer's block for you, as well as push the response rates for your copy way up. And I'll get to what he said in a little while, but I want to lay the groundwork. I want to make it really clear. So let me tell you about a really cool TV interview I saw with Robbie Robertson. He was a songwriter and guitar player from Toronto, and he was in the legendary 60s rock group, The Band. It was just called The Band. And maybe his most iconic song was The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down. It's been covered by, of course, Joan Baez, by Johnny Cash, John Denver, the Allman Brothers, the Jerry Garcia Band, and many others. And, of course, as well as his own band, called The Band. So here's what he said in an interview about that song that really caught my attention. I know at the time it seemed strange that someone from Canada would be writing this Southern anthem kind of song. It was an impression for me. It just went and lived somewhere inside for several years, and once it became aged enough, I found a way to bring it out and find some use for it. It was a tale I made up that was like, ha- like novels, half truth and half fiction. I didn't think about the originality of it at all. Now, that's the quote. Now, he's not saying it directly, but what I picked up was that he pieced the song together maybe over years from different things he'd heard and seen and imagined during the time he spent in the Mississippi Delta. He didn't just sit down one day and write a song. He assembled it over time. And that's an important word, assemble. It's the same word Gene Schwartz uses when he talks about putting copy together. And Nathan, to the best of my knowledge, Gene Schwartz never used these words in this order. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. and Most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health and finance and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So let's talk about the big problem with how people go about writing copy, okay? And I may have said this before, but I'm going to, it's just so important. It's worth repeating. All too often, it traces back to the way we were forced, and I use the word forced very deliberately forced in school to write, or forced to write an essay test, or a term paper, or writing a report for business, or maybe the way we went about writing an article for publication. Just about every kind of writing people do in their lives, it usually works out like this. You do the research, you lay it out, maybe you have an outline. But sometimes you don't really know what you're going to do, so you wait till the last minute, and in this heated rush, you spew out what you're going to write. And that's a terrible way to write copy. Because here's how that works. It basically depends on some level of preparation, followed by a lot of adrenaline and a great degree of panic. And you certainly don't get your best work that way. So what we're going to talk about today is completely different. Since this is a method that was used and promoted by one of the world's greatest copywriters, and since many other A-list copywriters I talk with use this method today, I thought it'd be really valuable to talk about it. Nathan, you look really pensive. Your thoughts before we go on.
0: I'm just thinking about you say the word assembled, and when I first came across your work, was actually looking for copywriting templates and looking for ways to assemble my copy. And so I'm wondering if there's an overlap between uh, what I know you from and, uh, and what you're talking about today.
1: Yeah, good, good question. No, I think I sort of came to the same conclusion that Gene did. Uh, cause I didn't learn about what Gene said until long after I did a lot of my work with copywriting templates and, and, and that kind of stuff. And he really takes it to a much higher level. Um, if, if you get into everything he's talking about, but no, it's just, you, you know, you sort of arrive at what works as opposed to what looks pretty in a, you know, pristine mental model of things. And, um, That's how it happened.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So let's go ahead and continue.
1: So, great. Here's what he said about assembling. He said it more bluntly than I've ever heard anyone else say it. He said, Copy is not written, copy is assembled. He said, You are working with a series of building blocks, of puzzle pieces. You're putting them together, building a little city of desire for your reader to come and live in. You are assembling. Images, claims, desires that people will pay to share with you. Okay? It's powerful. And what I get from this is you're finding and creating the pieces of your copy and then finding the best way to put them together the same way you would put together a jigsaw puzzle. In a way, it's a lot like what Robbie Robertson said he did with the song The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down. It's all about breaking a big task into smaller, more manageable components. And you've probably heard of that general idea before. Okay. Yeah. it's That's one of those pristine, beautiful mental models. But it doesn't really do you any good because what's different about today is we have a very specific, specific and proven way to do it. And again, this is a way used and endorsed by one of the greatest copywriters of all time, Gene Schwartz.
0: So... I heard an interview a while back, and I can't remember who was, who was conducting the interview, but it was with Gary Halbert. And he was talking about sometimes he would have this whole thing done mentally. He would slowly piece the copy in his brain together over a week or a two week period. And then he would, after he had got it worked out in his mind, then he would actually sit down and start laying it out, skeletonizing it, and fleshing it out on the paper. Before we go any further, what are your thoughts on, as you're saying, figuring out the puzzle pieces and where they're going to lay, um, doing it in your mind and trying to keep it in your mind versus doing it on paper or having like a notebook or, or something like that? Uh, pros and cons of of either way that you would know of.
1: Yeah. Um, so what, what Gary did um, worked for him, and I wouldn't recommend it to anybody because it puts in undue amount of stress on you, trying to keep all that stuff in your mind. Now, the advantage of doing it that way is Gary was also famous for getting people, including his sons, Bond and Kevin, in the car, locking the doors, driving up and down the Florida Keys and reciting what was in his head and making them listen and and refining it that way. So it's one way to do it. I wouldn't recommend it. On the other hand, you can't argue with his results and the influence he had on other people. To me, that's just like a a stylized and you know on steroids version of you know the blue book in school when you have to take a test. I mean, the the amount of pressure to do it that way. Uh, Gary had an extraordinary mind. Now, I'm not saying don't do it that way. I'm saying it's not my recommendation. And. You know, I don't think everyone can do it that way. Um, I'm not sure everyone can do it the way I'm talking about, but my hunch based on my experience and just my intuition is more people could do it this way. So okay. I think. Yeah. So as- assuming we're going to try the assembling way, what are the pieces you're looking for? Now, You, you know, the, the idea is you assemble each of these pieces and then you assemble the completed pieces. <coughs> So there, there's, there are a couple of levels. First, there's create the pieces by assembling stuff to go in them. And then you have these completed pieces, and then you assemble them into a letter. It's not quite as mechanical and dry and bloodless as I'm describing it, but I'd rather not talk about all the messy stuff. We've talked about that many other times and will again, I'm sure. So um, what are the pieces? Well, one's your headline, one's your bullet points, not point, but points one's your story or stories one might be your testimonials one might be your offer one might be your guarantee one might be your call to action so you could have like six separate pads or mind maps or files or chapters or notebooks for each one of those depending on how important the letter is or just six pieces of paper for all those really um You could assemble each one of those piece by piece, and then you put the big piece together. And this list is for starters. There's seven things I mentioned. There could be more. But once you have this stuff roughed out and you put them together in a rough outline for your first draft, that's when you put the puzzle pieces together in the puzzle, you're really more than 80% of your way to completion. Now, just listening to this, For some people, this may sound like one hell of a lot of unnecessary work. And I would say that impression would be especially likely for someone who has never had to write copy, never written copy that had to perform in the marketplace. But all you have to do when you're under that kind of stress is think about the terror of the blank page when you get stuck, if you've ever been there before, and you'll see why assembling is the way to go. Why? Because the biggest cause of writer's block, the biggest one is not knowing what to write. And the second one, once you know what to write, is not knowing how to write it. And by using this assembling process, it goes a long way to solving both problems. You know what to write and you know how to write it. Hey, let me ask you a question. Does it take you too long to write your copy? And if it does, have you ever wished you had a proven system to write it faster? Well, if that describes you, then you'll want to know about high-speed copywriting. This is a home study program that has helped a lot of people write profitable sales letters in as little as five hours. No, it's not a bunch of shortcut tricks that leaves you with cookie-cutter sales letters that people can ignore. It's about writing full-fledged, memorable, response-getting sales letters much faster than it usually takes. It's tested and proven, too. High Speed Copywriting will ease you through putting together an original, powerful sales letter and putting it together in record time. You can find out more at HighSpeedCopywriting.com. By the way, this is one of the very few programs that Bond and Kevin Halbert have given their Halbert seal of approval to. So check it out today, HighSpeedCopywriting.com. Thank you. And now back to our show. Where do you get the material That you're going to use to assemble these components. Um, I got three three general source areas. But before we get into those three source areas, there are three things you need to know. You need to know before you even start gathering material, you know what you're selling, what it is. You know, literally, is it um, a a black box of survival equipment? Is it a bouquet of roses? Is it um, a book? You know, what is it? Um, who are you selling it to? Who's your avatar? And this is another thing people don't always think about, but it's really good to have this mapped out, clear in your mind. What part of the sales process do you want your copy to cover? Do you want it to generate a lead? Do you want it to close a sale to a cold lead? Do you want it to close a sale to a warm lead, like an affiliate or or like, um, you know, existing customer? Do you want it to be an upsell to another promotion? So what are you selling? Who are you selling it to? What part of the sales process do you want it to cover? When you have those things in mind, you have three places you can get ingredients to put together these components, like your headline, your bullet, your story, et cetera. And so the first place is material from your memory. Now, this is where all of that drudgery of hand-copying sales letters, analyzing successful ads... Reading copy out loud, watching infomercials. This is where all of that work of familiarizing yourself with successful copy really pays off. And this is something that a lot of top people recommend, but most people don't do. All of that hand copying letters, reading stuff out loud, uh, breaking. You know, a few episodes ago, we talked about how Joe Schrieffer in his copy camp product had I think over two hundred and fifty sales letters that he'd broken down. And if you ever have the opportunity to work with him and you come up with an idea, it's almost like a click whirr and he will tell you what's good about it, what's bad about it and what work you need to do or he'll fix it. I mean, I've seen it up close and personal in a matter of seconds. And some certain things that are going on in politics right now prove him to be one hundred percent right. And this was like two years earlier, actually one year earlier so so Robbie Robertson did the same thing. He spent years hanging around the Mississippi Delta, talking to the people of the South about how they felt about the war between the states or the Civil War, and he internalized that, and a lot of a lot of the, his song came from his memory, from things he remembered. He pieced them together differently, but so you're looking for same background, same confidence in the same way. That's the first thing. The second place, of course, you're going to get is material from your swipes, and you don't copy word for word. That's plagiarism. That's $25,000 in infraction, federal fine or jail time, maybe. But you can copy structures. You can adapt ideas. You can look at what other people have done in bullets and headlines and stories, in offers, in similar offers, even offers for different products you want to drill down again on the ingredients for specific components and adapt them change them look at the idea look at the approach look at the strategy look at the tactics and use different words but you're going to use that to assemble and build what you're going to do and the third source is your own groundwork this sometimes this is all people do and that's a mistake it's a shame all if they do this much Some people say, I'll write a sales letter for $97. And they haven't even done any research, much less having this background. But you look at your own groundwork. You look at your groundwork being the research where you go through the product. If it's a book page by page, if it's a physical product component by component, use by use, you need to really get inside the product, break it down. What are the facts? What are the benefits of those facts? And those benefits of those facts about your product, those are your bullets, those are your offer, those are your hook. What about testimonials and other kind of user stories? That's really part of your product from a copywriter's point of view. So the more you look at it, look at all the details of the product and catalog all of them in writing, the better position you'll be in to have stuff to assemble as you put your copy together. So again, you're going to assemble each component and then you're going to assemble the components. I don't know. Is that clear? That's that's a lot of stuff.
0: <laughs> it was a lot. Um I, I'm going to try and sum it up and then you you uh you tell me if I do a good job of it or not. Okay. Okay. So basically we're gonna we're gonna want to make sure that we have the proper pieces and then we're gonna have to figure out how those pieces are going to flow together. And then the way that we come about kind of assembling all of it together is what you, you mentioned, the three, uh, the three areas that we're going to draw from our memory of or our kind of mind muscle memory of going through classic sales letters, our immersion into the world of whatever it is that we're selling. And then the last one I was a little bit fuzzy on.
1: Yeah, that's just basically your research, your groundwork. Your own observations and thoughts and analysis of the product itself, broken down into features, and then the features or the facts become the benefits or the performances. But there, there's almost two levels of this. the The first level is just all this. It's almost like just. <laughs> you ever um, play fifty-two pickup, or ever have a yeah. brother or <laughs> sister who did that to you? You know, it's it's like you just throw all this stuff on the floor, and then you it's It's like in order to create each component you need to go through all of this, and then you got these components, and then you take the components and you put them together. Each one of those is a process all by itself, so again, it seems like a lot of work. It's really not compared to you know the the anxiety and the terror of just saying, Oh uh, I'm just going to write from my heart I'm just going to write this letter know. I don't need to know anything, and and you end up with a bunch of shit that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have lots and lots of experience, then you're really writing from your memory. Uh, you know, if if you have a, a lot of knowledge of the field, but this is this is a very analytical, systematic way to do it. I mean, you know, we could probably give a three day seminar on it with worksheets and processes and everything. But hopefully, this breaks it down to to give people some details and specifics to fill in the blanks of their own process
0: so i'm gonna close it off with this and i don't know if you've ever read the book i want to say it was by an author named david allen the book getting things done one of the main things that he puts through in that book is to break down anything that you have to do break it down by processes break it down by its parts and then break it down by what you need to do first before you can do the latter parts so What it feels like this is, is this is the way that you need to approach your copy. Instead of just looking at it as a whole and saying, I have to write a sales page, you say, okay, I have to have a right. I have to have a sales page. So in order to have a sales page, it needs to have this, 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 and this. And in order to get those, I need to do this, this, and this. So you're not just going in there and saying, uh, the the analogy I like is when you walk into your house and it's a complete mess, there's laundry, there's dusting that needs to be done, there's dishes that are piling up in the sink, and you say, screw this, I'm going to watch some Netflix. Whereas, Mm -hmm. Whereas you walk into your house and you're like, okay, I need to get the laundry done, so I need to get the laundry all piled up and sorted by colors and whites. And then I need to get the dishes done, so I need to make sure I have dish soap and hot water and I need to get the dusting done. So I need to figure out where the dust, uh, the duster is at and where the vacuum's at. If you, if you just walk into it and you look at it with no plan, it's going to be overwhelming. But if you look at your, your sales letter with a very s- succinct plan, it's not nearly as overwhelming. Yeah. And
1: I, I want to point something out too, because as you were describing this, I was thinking there, there was a part of me was thinking, Oh no, this would take, all of the juice out of it wouldn't be creative. There's no emotion in it. Now, you are one of the most creative people I know. I mean, you've you had a record label. You're really good at drawing. You do these podcasts. You do sales letters. You probably things I don't even know about. Oh, that's right. You're a graffiti artist on pastry now. And and so, um, yet, you're you're talking about this breaking it down thing. And I think you and I both know from experience that breaking it down to these parts does not take the creativity or the emotion or the momentum out of it. It actually does the opposite. It gives you room to have that momentum because you don't have to stop and start all the time and say, oh God, I need another bullet. I better stop and write a bullet. Oh oh my God, I, I forgot what the offer is. Oh, Oh no, I don't have any testimonials. And then you you go out of the state of flow when that happens. So I guess maybe there is sort of a uh, rather incremental, systematic, some would say tedious, part of the creative process that really pays off.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And as artists, I would just say the same thing. If you're trying to draw anything, you need to start off with your basic shapes and your skeletons before you start fleshing things out. Otherwise, you have... You end up with a drawing where the hand is running off the side of the paper. You, you need a composition. And really what you're talking about here is the composition of your sales letter. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Oh, I think that's a really good place to wrap this up. All
0: righty. <laughs> do you have any ideas about what we're going to be having next week on the Copywriters Podcast?
1: Yes, I do. This is This is one that I think is going to be very close to both of our hearts and quite likely a lot of our listeners hearts too it is we are going to bring in an award-winning composer who's also a copywriter and we're going to talk about the music of copywriting
0: Ooh, sounds good awesome all right david another fantastic episode i appreciate it listeners if you're interested in checking out more make sure you head on over to the copywriterspodcast.com actually copywriterspodcast.com and until next time we'll catch you later catch you later
1: If you found this episode valuable, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. That way you'll never miss a show. This is the Copy and Funnels
0: Podcast Network.